after the Civil War in our country, about uh, 170 years ago, uh, there were, as you might imagine, many soldiers who were very far from home. Uh, you can think of all the people who came from the north to the south and all the people who came from places like Texas and were fighting in places like Virginia. And uh, there wasn't an interstate system and there weren't good rail cars and there weren't great uh, ways to move people in those days. And so when uh, the Confederate surrender happened uh, at Appomattox Courthouse, there were soldiers all over the place who had to get home. And these soldiers, uh, though people often treated them uh, as such, were not tramps or vagrants. They would go from town to town and they would uh, find some work so that they could make ends meet, they could have some food and maybe a place to sleep. Uh, And uh, they would go from town to town always homeward bound. See, this is where we get the word, actually, in the English language, hobo. Someone who is homeward bound. These soldiers, they weren't tramps or vagrants. A tramp or a vagrant doesn't have a destination. They're just kind of hanging out. But these soldiers, though they had to do all sorts of things they knew that they were striving for home. They were trying to get back to where they were going. And every time they had to stop in a place, um, they were careful, or the ones that got home, were careful not to allow that place to uh, uh, consume them, not to be so consumed in the, the things of a particular place that they forgot the family that was waiting for them at home. They were hobos, not vagrants. Friends, here's a question for each one of us. Do you and I live as hobos or do we live as vagrants? Do we loiter around in life or do we recognize we have a destination? Because the truth is we're hobos for heaven. We're made for heaven. We know this because Jesus tells us it and he shows us it. That's what the transfiguration is all about, friends. Today in his second letter, Peter uh, reminds us of this. He's an elderly man and he's writing to this church that he loves very much and he reminds them that they're heavenly hobos. He clearly remembers that day on which the Lord manifested his glory When the Lord's glory was revealed to him on Mount Tabor, Peter's faith in Christ is based on the facts that he's seen and he's heard. He says, I'm an eyewitness of these things. And I urge you to hold on to them. In the transfiguration, Jesus shows us his glory. He shows us who he is. The Father's voice calls out, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. And in showing His glory, which extends even to His human nature because of its union with the divine person of the Word, He shows us who we are. And He shows us our destiny and our uh, home. Because the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, it's possible, and through the Holy Spirit, it actually occurs 
that in the words of St. Peter, later in another letter, we, be, we are made partakers of the divine nature. That's what's going to happen to Isabella in just a couple minutes here when we baptize her. She's going to be adopted as a daughter of the Father who has a home in heaven, who's loved and for whom Christ died. Friends, nothing less than communion with the Lord will satisfy our hearts. I've probably said that every homily that I've given here, and I'm just going to keep saying it over and over again. The day you were baptized, your home became heaven. And if you're not baptized, you're invited to be baptized. We would love to talk to you about that. We're made for communion with God our Father. God looks at you and He says, this is my beloved son. This is my beloved daughter. And St. Peter, he implores us, his listeners, to be attentive to the glory of the Lord, what Jesus said and what He did, as to a lamp shining in a dark place until day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Until that final moment when we're with God in heaven. You know, friends, as those hobos passed through the towns uh, after the Civil War, they saw reflections and reminders of the joy that they were striving for, right? They met people who helped them along the way. These things heartened them, and they encouraged them to continue. They had joy even as they traveled, longing for hope. And so also in our journey home to heaven, we receive reflections and images of our heavenly homeland even now. Whenever we're gathered in the name of Jesus like we are today, whenever uh, there's true joy, even in our families and amongst our friend groups, and, and whenever there's true joy, we recognize the love of God being poured out on us and drawing us home. But the Lord makes something even more magnificent possible. He himself comes to accompany us on this homeward journey. Obviously, he came 2,000 years ago and walked with the disciples. And we might say, wouldn't it have been great to be with them? But the truth is, he comes to accompany us even today. He comes here to this altar to be food for our journey. When we receive Him, we already partake in heaven in a certain sense. It's a foretaste of the future glory to which we're called and which we're reminded of in the transfiguration today. Peter is reminding the church of this fact. That Christ has not abandoned them. His absolute faith in Jesus is based on Peter's own journey as a hobo. He can teach us so much about ourselves and about our journey with Christ because he himself is an eyewitness. He, see, he saw what Jesus did and he heard what Jesus said. Friends, whenever we come to Mass, Jesus comes to accompany us on our journey. And this is why the church says at a minimum that we need to go to Mass every Sunday so that we can have the joy that the Master wishes to give us. And so we don't forget that we're not made to stay here, but rather are hobos for heaven. Now, 
I know you're here this morning, right? Like, uh, all, of, all of you are coming to Mass this morning, and so you're like, why are you telling me to come to Mass? It's a good reminder, I think, that, of the reason why. It's not out of just obligation or something like that, but rather because Jesus, the love of our life, wishes to give himself to us in the Eucharist. And so the church, as a good mother, asks us to come. But even more than that, why am I saying that? How many of our friends, how many of our family members are Catholic but don't come to Mass or only sporadically do so? Right? Maybe they come at Christmas or Easter. Now, I want to be very clear here. I am not saying that to judge those people, but because I want them to have the joy that you and I experience when we come to Mass. The joy of being able to receive the body and blood of Jesus Christ from this altar. Friends, that's an unimaginable gift. It's a gift that if we actually understood it, we would die not from fear, but from the fact that we're loved so absolutely. I want people to have a relationship with Jesus and receive him. I dream of a St. Mary's parish and school so full of people on fire for Jesus that it transforms Temple, Texas into a place where missionaries are sent out to preach the gospel. Think of that. Imagine what it would look like if every seat in this church were filled, right? Right now, I know we're not going to do this. You don't have to do this. But we could fit everyone in these two middle aisles easily. 100%. I know you're like, I don't want to sit that close to people, which is okay. I get it. I respect it. But we could. So imagine if we had double the number of people here or triple the number of people here on a regular basis. Imagine if we had the problem where it was like, man, you got to get here five minutes before Mass because there's not a seat. Imagine it. Think of how good that would be. Think of how many people would come to know the joy that you know that I know in following Jesus. That's a dream right now. But that dream coming to fulfillment, it starts with us being missionaries ourselves here in this place, in Temple, Texas, amongst our family and amongst our friends. We cannot pitch permanent tents here in the church. No more than Peter could stay on the mountaintop with the transfigured Lord. Rather, like Peter, having come to encounter Jesus, hidden yet no less glorious here, we must go out and draw others to him. Peter himself reminds the church of this fact. His absolute faith is based on his own journey. A journey that's marked with challenges, a journey that's marked with failure, a journey that is not perfect. But he does not shy away from being a witness from proclaiming the gospel to others. Friends, we're hobos for heaven, just like St. Peter. And our hobo journey involves inviting others to wake up and realize that they are also hobos and not vagrants. We're invited to be eyewitnesses to those who may have forgotten who and whose they are. So how can we do that on a really practical level, right? Because this can be difficult, can be challenging. How can we reach those who don't normally attend Mass or who wander far from Christ? Here's a really simple step you can take that is probably the most effective thing you can do. 
Think of someone you already have a good relationship with who is not usually going to Mass. I invite you to do that right now. Think of someone. Maybe a family member or a friend. Maybe someone not following Jesus. Pray for them. Pray for them at this Mass. Ask God to move their hearts that they would come back, that they would know Jesus. And then I want you to take one step further. I want you to invite them. Personally, not in a general way. See, Peter doesn't speak in a general way. He writes his letter to specific people, though we all benefit from it. He speaks to people with whom he already has a specific relationship. Friends, we must do the same. Invite that person to come back to Mass with you or your family. Offer them help in getting to Mass. Offer to help them get to confession. Offer to help them know Jesus. You don't have to be perfect to do that. You don't have to know a lot of things to do that. You just have to be willing. And if they say no, don't get mad. Leave the intention always open. Peter implores us to be attentive to the light and the hope that we have as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the dawn, the day dawns and the morning star rises in our hearts. Ask them to come to Mass and then really listen. Don't get mad at them if they say no. Just invite them. Friends, we are hobos for heaven. We long for our home. But our God comes to accompany us here in this place. He gives us the joy of heaven in a certain sense now. And he invites us to be his instruments in sharing that joy with others.